Hello and welcome to So You Think You Can Fanon. Please check the link tree in the description and see all of our beautiful, lovely, salacious links to listen to more. Thank you. Hello and welcome to the podcast where we discuss World War II. It's uh, So You Think You Can Wartime. So you think I'm, you can blitzkrieg. <laughs> so you think you can blitzkrieg. You know what? I like that one better. Um, I'm I'm your host, Kai, joined by uh, Greg Chudley. I was going to call you Greg Chungus, but... Greg Chungus? <laughs> That's not know, very nice. <laughs> no, my, uh, my legal legends username is actually Big Greg Chungus, O-M. Oh, wonderful. I couldn't fit O-M-G... Oh, I thought it would be funnier to not <laughs> like to have the OM than to not. So You're I right. kept the OM. So it's Big Greg Chungus OM. Follow him on League of Legends. Can you do that? No, don't <laughs> friend me on League of Legends either, because I will not accept. Maybe if you're feeling adventurous, you could accept the first one that comes. <laughs> so true. <laughs> As a gift to humanity also i'm disappointed in you for not giving us russian names for the intro oh sorry i i couldn't think of any (laughs) kaivovich yeah kaivovich bartholo miski and grigor Grigor yakob yeah or yakob so what's what's going on what's going on uh so we read uh city of thieves by david benioff is his name yeah is his name (laughs) book club time clap oh yes clapping it's been probably a solid month since i've read this book so i'm a bit rusty that's okay I don't remember exactly when I finished it, but I finished it like two weeks ago. So you might also be a bit rusty. So um, as usual, we're going to start out spoiler free um, and then we're going to transition into the spoiler territory and we'll give you guys a notice for when we're going to do that. Um, But first, I would also like to say just like Kafka on the shore um, content warning for a lot of stuff in this. Oh book. yeah. That's a good point. There, there's, there's a lot of talk of like sex. violence and sex, sex and assault sex. and war and war there's, crimes. <laughs> there's a lot of talk of sex too. Yes, there's a lot of it. There's bathroom humor, which is like my favorite, but some That's people true. might find that offensive or disturbing. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's a lot a, of sex. There's a lot of sex. There's there's dead people, um, and mm-hmm. it's about World War Two. So yeah. So I think first of all, oh, there's also anti-Semitism. So yeah. Yeah, um, it takes it takes place in World War Two. Yes. I feel like that goes without saying, but yes, we will hand say in it. hand. But had to say it, like you know, it it's a uh, a major part of the book in some mm-hmm. ways. So I think before we actually talk about the book, 
we should talk about the author of the book, David Benioff. Yes, who <laughs> I couldn't remember his name. Yes. Now, do you know anything <laughs> about the author besides that he wrote this book? No, I had no idea anything. So David Benioff is actually a... Uh, David Benioff is actually a pretty well-known and controversial figure. Oh. Keywords on controversial. He's a film writer, mm-hmm. occasional director, and also a television director slash uh, writer. And you said his stuff was bad. His, his movie stuff, stuff. is bad, generally speaking. Um, I haven't seen all of his filmography, but there are a few things that I have seen uh, that I think are bad. And most people tend to agree. So I will say, shout out to the Kite Runner, that he a movie that he wrote that won. There got nominated for a Golden Globe and a BAFTA mm. award and a Satellite award and a Chris and won a Christopher award, which I don't know what that is to be honest. I have no idea, but it's a script that he wrote. I've heard that's a really good book too. Yeah, it, it won best adaptation. Also, wow. I learned something today. Uh, previously on the podcast, I have been made fun of for saying adaption instead of adaptation. Yes. However, apparently adaption is also a word that means adaptation. Also acceptable. Okay. So uh, you guys should all die. Adaptation still sounds better. Maybe, but whatever. <laughs> it's the OG. Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> so movies and TV shows that uh that david benioff wrote slash directed sometimes good sometimes bad um yeah but there are three that are the most um infamous i suppose and i will list them from least infamous to most infamous and the most infamous um it's very much the most infamous um the least of which being Gemini Man. I don't know. Have you have you heard of this movie? I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. It's the weird you... one with like Will and Jaden Smith, right? No, that is a different movie. That is Never After mind. Earth. But you do have the one star, correct? Will it Smith. A Will Smith movie where Will Smith stars alongside gross, weird looking CGI young Will Smith. Oh, maybe that's why I thought it was like... Will Smith and Jaden Smith. Yeah, because there's a young... There's a young one. one. But he is uh, digitally de-aged. Okay. And it looks really weird. Um, I'll see if I can... Is he a Gemini a in the story? I don't know. Fun but fact, is... I'm a Gemini. Can, can you help being a Gemini? No, because I was born in the gemini time period right, so no. reference photos for weird cgi young will smith it doesn't look oh, horrible it's not it's not bad i mean it it's looks not it great. looks like him <laughs> it does it does kind of look like it. this one is kind of you, you can tell it's him yeah when he was can, young. yeah 
I don't know. It doesn't look the worst. It's, but it it's a bit uncanny. It's, it's just a little not right. Uh-huh. Hold on, I have to sneeze. Oh. <laughs> Bless you. Oh, this one is the most uncanny. Right here. Oh, yeah. That is the most uncanny. But he wrote this movie, and it was um, not great. That's about it. But it's just kind of controversial for being bad and having a weird CGI. I have um, a question. What's up? So for the CGI, was it a different person who they mapped on the CGI Will Smith face to? Or was it Will Smith that they de-aged him? Or was it just a 3D CGI model? It, not so a real it, was a, it was a real person who... Uh, I, I, I'm assuming... I am not an expert. I don't know everything about how this movie was shot. But generally speaking, how they do this in in Hollywood is they film a scene uh, twice or three uh, twice or three times, depending mm. on how they do it. So they film it once with nobody there. And then they film it a second time with the reference actor in question. And then they film it a third time with a body double. Okay. For example, that's how they filmed. Have you seen the first Captain America movie? Nope. Okay. Important thing about Captain America. It's he's a skinny guy who becomes buff, right? Yes. So that's how they did that. Let me see if I can get the the picture of skinny ass Captain America from the first movie. I'll post it in reference photos once again. As okay. you can see, weird, skinny-ass Steve Rogers. Yeah. So what they would do is they would film a like a reference shot of just like the, the, the scene without anybody there and just like someone reading his lines from off screen. Then they'd film it again with the body double and then they'd mm-hmm. film it with Chris Evans. And then okay. they would use the like general body shape and framing of both the no-frame or the no actor shot and the little actor shot um, to basically Photoshop make skinny Chris Evans. And that's how they did that. It's very interesting. Yeah, that's cool. Also, when I say little person, I'm not being insensitive. I mean that this guy is just kind of short. Short and skinny. Um, and skinny. And, uh, his name is Leander Dini. It's the guy hmm. that they got for... Uh, for, for skinny Steve Rogers. He's 5'7", so he's not even that short. Okay, but, yeah. It's yeah. still taller than me. Yeah, so that's the least controversial of the three controversial okay. ones. The okay. second controversial film, um, this is the last film of this list of three controversial things, actually, is X-Men Origins Wolverine. Have you ever seen this movie? Nope. I'm assuming not, based on the fact that you've never seen anything. Yes. I've seen a lot of old shit, just just not this, that. This movie's like fifteen years old. That's old. At this I point. I mean, like forty years old, man. <laughs> I want to be weirded out. The yeah. first X Men movie is almost twenty five. Wow, and that's the movie that invented the modern superhero genre. So that's crazy. Have you ever seen any of those X Men movies? Nope. 
All right, Hugh Jackman. You <laughs> yes. may know him as Wolverine, the guy from yeah, Wolverine. He was in Music Man on Broadway. He was in Beauty and the Beast on Broadway. I Famous didn't know any guy. of that. I only really? knew Wolverine. That's like before yeah. before he was an actor, he was a Broadway guy. I had no idea. Actor. And before he was a Broadway guy, he was a high school gym teacher. Oh wow, <laughs> so, that's funny. What is what are the what is the most important thing about Wolverine? He has claws. Yes. So this movie was made in 2009, and an important thing that happened in 2009 the recession. No, that was 2008. But nice try. Well, it was still going on in 2009. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but it didn't, you know. And it start. was very important. Uh huh. So here is the clause in the first Wolf, the, the first X Men movie. I guess not the first Wolverine movie. Different trilogy. As you can see, um, they are real, and they're a prop, and they don't look that bad. Nope, they're uh, they're pretty legit. So here is the clause in the movie X Men Origins Wolverine. As you can uh. see. They're not good looking. They're no. weird CGI. They're not real claws. There's another shot. That's Deadpool. He's fighting. Ugh, you this can is the most controversial thing they've ever put into an X Men movie. Unironically, that Deadpool. That's fair. Can you guess who that is in the picture with him? The actor. I have no idea. That's Ryan Reynolds. Is it Ryan that's, Reynolds? That's Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Back so in the in, day. In X-Men Origins Wolverine, the the final fight is between Wolverine and Deadpool. However, this Deadpool um, has his mouth sewn shut. And instead of having the normal powers of Deadpool of just like regeneration and nothing else, he's actually just an amalgam of a bunch of powers. Um, So he has like Cyclops' vision and he can teleport like Nightcrawler. And even though neither of those characters are in this movie, by the way. (laughs) Okay. And also, do you see that sword? That's a mm-hmm. coming out of his arm like a claw. Don't understand oh. that. There are way worse things that happen in this movie than that. But that's the most controversial one. Um, it has Gambit in it, though. It's the first live-action adaptation of Gambit. I can see why you were scared to read this book now. Uh-huh. This is That's not even why. There is a worse one. Oh, no. Don't you worry. Oh, no. Yeah, this movie was terrible. Um... I don't know if he was the if, if it was his script that was used. Um but he wrote the first script. Okay. So there could have um, been a lot of changes potentially by like yeah. the production company. David and Ayer other also contributed to the shit the script. Um, I don't know who that is. Um, he wrote and directed Suicide Squad, the 2016. Oh, no. Another okay. terrible movie. He directed the first Fast and the Furious, which is it's all right. Yeah. He also directed um, 2017's Bright. I don't know if you've heard of this movie. Will Smith, nope. again. Um, written by Max Landis, which if you're a fan of the podcast, you've heard me go on a Max oh, Landis yes. rant about how he's a weird rapist creep. But also, unfortunately, a pretty good writer. However, Bright was terrible, so it doesn't matter. He doesn't matter. Um, so that's X Men Origins Wolverine. Also, yes, there was last 
um, last minute rewrites for X-Men Origins. So it's not necessarily David Benioff's fault, but his name, unfortunately, is on the on the 10. So yes, it's kind it's of featured um, very prominently. Yes. It also is a really good video game adaptation. Uh, which is interesting. Did he play but, a role um, in the video game? I don't think so. Okay. But Hugh Jackman did. That's cool. Um, the final thing of this list of three yeah. controversial things. This one you probably know. Okay. It is the television adaptation of Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've this never was, seen it, but obviously I know yeah, of it. We should and throw it on the book problems. Oh, that would take so long to read, though. Just the first book. Yeah, but I feel like I'd feel obligated to read the rest of them, and it would take forever. Nah. I'd be fine with just doing one, and then picking it up on our own free time. Oh, I didn't mean reading the rest of them for, like, the, the pod. For the pod? Okay. Okay. But just reading the rest of them and then it would be a rabbit hole but mm-hmm. you know what i'll put it on the list just in case game of thrones is a rabbit hole you are i know and it's not finished especially, yet and it may never be finished <laughs> it definitely won't be he's made too much money off the tv show to care um so game of thrones is controversial for many reasons yes mostly because i think it's the first five seasons are really good and it kind of dropped off after that but it all came to a head in 2016 no 20, 2018-ish when the filming of season 8 begun around this time there were a lot of things being great greenlit in the Star Wars universe a, mm. a Han Solo movie an Obi-Wan movie uh-huh. a few other things some of which came to fruition some of which um, got reworked into other things, some of which never happened. One of the things that never happened was a Star Wars movie or trilogy or something being worked on by David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, the other person who uh, worked on Game of Thrones with David Benioff. However... Because they were told they were going to get to make their own Star Wars, um, they wanted Game of Thrones to end as quickly as possible. Mm. So Conflict of interest. Yes. So if we look at the Rotten Tomato scores of season one through eight, uh, we have a 90, a 96, a 96, a 97, a 93, a 94, a 93. And a 55. Oh, God. Because they pretty much just gave up (laughs) on the last season. The last season was hated so intensely that they got their Star Wars trilogy or single movie or whatever it was taken away. Oh, my God. No more Star Wars privileges (sighs) for you. Unironically, pretty much permanently ruined their reputation in Hollywood. Jesus. Because the last season of Game of Thrones was just that bad. 
can you attest? Have you watched it? I have not, but Sergio has attested to me um, many, many times. Did he go off on an angry rant? Many uh, pretty times. Pretty much anyone who's watched Game of Thrones has. Oh, yeah, no. I've definitely heard it from people where they were like, yep, this ruined the entire thing. Do you know of Matt's friend, Zach? Yes. Um, he just watched Game of Thrones with his family for the first time, and when he hit season eight, I could tell, because he was um, miserable. Oh. Literally depression-inducing. Literally depression-inducing. It was that bad. <laughs> so that's the most controversial thing he's ever worked on, to my knowledge. Um, so he's controversial because... He makes bad stuff, not because he does bad yes. things, right? Well, I'd, I'd consider the Game of Thrones one to be him doing a bad thing. Well, yeah, that is a bad thing when you throw but away has, a, a long-standing series. He has never um, sexually assaulted anybody or been racist or anything of that sense. Okay, because that's, that's what I was expecting when you said he was controversial. So, cool. He, no, he's, he's just missed just, bad things. Yeah, he's been he's made bad decisions, mm-hmm. especially with Game of Thrones, apparently. Yes. Oh, yeah. But um, yeah, so that's where this comes into play. Uh, yes. As a person. So when we discovered that David Benioff, who wrote this book, was the David Benioff who wrote all of those things, I was no longer excited to read this book. I won't lie. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is going to suck. You were like, this is going to be exactly like X-Men Origins. <laughs> and you know what? I was wrong. I enjoyed this book a lot. Me too. Me too. Um, so, you know, question one of our, our of our question log. Did you like it? I yes. did. I thought it was really good. I liked the period piece aspect mm-hmm. of it. I am under the assumption that it is not a nonfiction novel. Yes, I am it also is... under the assumption. <laughs> Kai and I discussed this off the pod because the way that it is presented, the book, is it's the story of David Benioff's grandfather, mm-hmm. Lev. Um, I don't know if that's real. I don't think it is. Um, the, I, the concept of him writing a fan fiction about his <laughs> grandfather is kind of funny. Yes, I think there are probably aspects of it that did probably happen to his grandfather. Mm-hmm. Like it, it seems like too real of an experience to like not have some of it be at least true. Uh-huh. Um, but I think it's like kind of one of those things where it's like based on a true story where they take anecdotes and like historical texts uh-huh. and also combine it with the experience of like, you know, stories they've had from their relatives and then just put it together in like a, like a story stew for the historical piece, I think it's more of like that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. David Benioff wrote an episode of It's Always Sunny. Are you looking at his full like filmography? I, yeah, I am. It's an episode eight of season nine. Uh, he wrote the epi- that episode. I don't know if it's a good episode. I haven't honestly seen that far into the show. 
but it can't hmm. be that bad. Um, seems to be a mixed figure, mixed fellow. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This book was interesting. Um. I could definitely see where The Last of Us got inspiration from it. Because for those who don't, yeah, know, this book was a large inspiration for The Last of Us. Um. Just the 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 atmosphere of it, mm-hmm. I guess. And yeah, I the, think the dynamics of the main characters. Obviously, the main, the dynamics between Ellie and Joel are very different than yes. uh, the, the dynamics of the main two characters, Kolya and Lev. But I think it it's, it's like I feel like most of the inspiration is drawn from a being desolate. And like, you know, kind of isolated. But at the same time, you encounter a lot of like hostile people because mm-hmm. this entire book is just them battling the cold and harsh conditions of being in wartime and then battling just like mostly normal freaking people being sketchy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then also, you know. Like German soldiers, Russian soldiers, that sort yes. of thing. Um. So who who was your favorite character? I liked Kolya. I also liked Kolya. I he's he's very charismatic, and mm-hmm. I I just loved his sense of humor. That's fair. I also liked him a lot. And as someone who shits a lot, his shitting was I relate. See, I also related as someone who has indeed, uh gone i believe my maximum was 14 days without shitting was yeah. that when you were hospitalized no that was <laughs> that was a different time that was a separate instance jesus i've had christ. this happen to me multiple times jesus christ yeah not good is it as a result of the medication you take or what like no. is it just something that happens to you so i take the medication to prevent that from happening Mm-hmm. And just sometimes it doesn't work. Awesome. <laughs> well, the first time it happened was before I took the meds. Then I got the meds. Expected it to never happen again. Uh, but then it happened again. That's when I got hospitalized. But mm. it, I frequently will go like f- like three to five days without shitting. And it's very uncomfortable. Uh-huh. I shit um, like four times a day. So I have the opposite problem. Sometimes I shit four times a day. Although Sometimes. I I haven't shit in two days, I think I didn't shit it's all coming. yesterday. It's coming after this episode. I know. Oh, I already start. I'm already starting to feel it. So no, damn. Don't worry. I know. <laughs> I know it will. Also, for for our listeners who haven't read the book with us, um, this kind of talk about shitting is exactly what happens in the book. Just so you know. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're looking into reading it, uh, get ready to read about bodily functions. Yes, um, that's one thing that I will say. I think it counts spoiler free. They talk about shitting and sex so, so much. much in this so book. So much. Un- I don't blame them though. It's what? a 260 page book, and I feel like 40 percent of that is. It's not 40. Or jerking off, or it's it's like twenty five percent. It's a lot. <laughs> yes, it is a lot. I didn't mind it though. 
Because think about mm-hmm. it. Like, what else are you going to be thinking about when it's the middle of a Russian winter? So, like, you know, even more terrible than, like, a Michigan winter or an Ohio or winter. winter. I guess. Well, definitely, like, exponentially <laughs> worse than a Florida winter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, you have to contend with all of these tragedies. Like, it's pretty easy to just think about your body doing some stuff. Because you got to deal with that every single day. That's like the most salient thing. It's, oh, I'm so hungry. Oh, I'm in pain. Oh, I got to take a shit. You know, like that's that's just part of life. And you use those things as like a coping mechanism to deal with all of the horrible psychological trauma. You just focus on your own shits and then you're good. They're from uh, Leningrad, right? Yes. No. Yes. It's either Leningrad or Stalingrad. I don't I think remember. It was Leningrad because they call it Peter, and Leningrad was um was Petrograd. Yes. After Saint Peter. Probably. Um. I don't remember. So it's been from, too long. They're from. They're from Leningrad or Saint Petersburg, uh, in American. God bless. <laughs> and uh, it, it reminded me a lot of, like, looking back on it, like I said with The Last of Us, it reminds me a lot of the beginning of The Last of Us, where um, Joel is in Boston. I don't remember what it is in the game. I don't know. It's Boston in the TV show, I think. It's been a while since I watched it. Um... Yeah, Boston. Boston. Um, which reminds me, the way that Boston is in The Last of Us reminded me a lot of St. Petersburg in the book. Which obviously, that's kind of like the inspiration, but I found mm-hmm. that very interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. I liked it. Yes, I, I liked, liked it too. Did you um, have a least favorite character since we talked about most favorite? Oh, uh, did you? Uh, Nazis. Well, yeah, the, <laughs> Any of the Nazis. Nazis. <laughs> that was an easy <laughs> answer. Yeah. Here's my thing, right? I think that there weren't enough fleshed out characters besides Lev and Kolia to really have a least favorite character. Yes, true. I guess the the big bad Nazi guy. The big bad Nazi. Spoilers, yes. there's a big bad Nazi guy for a book that takes place during the fucking Eastern Front in World yeah, War II. You should I just expect that. Be a spoiler, but just in case. Um, he's my least favorite character because he's a bad guy. He's, he's a bad despicable. Um, people who re- read it in the modern day will complain about it being woke because the Nazi is a bad guy. <laughs> um, you might be right about that. Yeah. Did Did you have a fave moment then? A favorite moment? Um, because I, I, I think I think favorite moment and least favorite moment might be spoiler territory. So maybe oh, yeah, we that's true. Over to important themes. Friendship. <laughs> Friendship, companionship. Um Well, you know what? Okay. Unlikely friendship is yes. the thing. Because you you think of like, you know, bonding in wartime 
And obviously no one's going to be their best self because you're all hungry and cold and tired and in pain and want this to be done. Um, and then also you're bonding over this like mutual trauma that you're experiencing. Yeah. Similarly to Joel and yes. Ellie. Interesting. Yes. Um, what other themes? I would say um there's bad people everywhere. Like in the story, I'm not gonna spoil anything yet. But mm-hmm. they encounter a lot of people who, like, initially might seem to be, like, okay kind of people. And even the regular mm-hmm. civilians are just very, like, ruthless. Mm-hmm. Um, That's and interesting. It, it, it is interesting. It gives you the sense that you, like, can't trust anybody. True. That's actually interesting because I was almost going to say that a good theme of the book would be the almost the opposite of that. Not to invalidate that, but I think both are true. Where I think one of the ma- one of the major core themes of the novel is to almost, despite everything, yes. the ability to stay positive and push to your goal, no matter what, no matter how terrible things happen to you. How many? Well, hey, that doesn't you meet. that doesn't involve like you know not trusting. I don't think it invalidates. Mm-hmm. It's this it's is an interesting juxtaposition to the point yes. of like everyone being untrustworthy and terrible but you still need to have hope in your situation yeah. that you'll reach your goals mm-hmm. we should talk about what the goals are since like you know that's not a spoiler so basically yeah. um the main characters lev and kolya are uh essentially sent to like i guess it's a gulag basically yeah it's gulag-esque and the like was it a colonel i think it was a colonel i think it was a colonel okay so the colonel or whatever insert military figure here uh tells them look like colonel gretchko there we go colonel gretchko tells them that uh yeah, so either you're going to be stuck in this gulag and, like, probably die, or you're going to go and find some eggs for my daughter's wedding cake. So bring me back a dozen eggs in, like, what was it, five days? Uh, a week, I think. Also, a to week. be clear, um, they weren't just probably going to die. They were actually going to be executed. Oh, yeah, that's right. They were going to be executed. Unless they want to go do this. Yes. Um, also, in the gulag. So it, it, it starts on Lev with his friends shooting the shit. Uh, they do something illegal. Yes. And then he's the only one who gets caught. And he gets taken to the gulag. They were looting a German corpse. Yeah. And they, they also, uh, they abandoned their firefighter duty. Yes. Which is punishable yes. by death. So he gets thrown into a cell. And then another guy gets thrown into a cell. Who's just like, hey man, I got to take a shit, man. And then he's like, this guy's annoying. And he starts talking about literature and stuff. Uh (laughs) Very important to his character. And then he finds out that the guy was a, uh, he's a deserter for the NKVD. Yes. Um, Or the Red Army or something. 
but uh, he, they, they, they begrudgingly, more one-sided begrudgingly, because Lev was yes. the only really begrudging person in the situation. Yes, Colia was like, yeah, we need to like work together. We need to be friends and work together. And then Lev is like, ah, oh, fuck this guy. Also, I will say, I will give credit, audiobook, um, narrated by Ron Perlman, does a really good job. I don't know if you know who Ron Perlman is. Nope. But he's an actor. Have you ever seen Hellboy? Probably not. Yes, I have. You've seen seen Hellboy, but you haven't seen X-Men Origins Wolverine? (laughs) I told you. I've seen, like, older stuff. (laughs) Hellboy's not even that old. It's, like, 20 years yeah, but it's older than Axe Man. It's not. The, the Hellboy movie? Yeah, isn't it? It's. Uh, no! It was released in fucking 2004. It's four years younger than, uh, well, than X Men. Well. But he's Hellboy. Ron Perlman is Hellboy. Okay. So I know his voice then. Okay. Yes. He's also on Payday 2. There's your fact. It doesn't Fun do very fact. good in that game. It's a, it's a terrible, terrible job, actually. Damn. Um, but, but the reason he did it is was for a paycheck. Money, and yes. It. And he and openly admitted it. He Like, someone was like, what made you do payday? And he was like, your answer's in the name. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of a base uh, answer, to be honest. Yes. But he is the, uh, the narrator of the audiobook. That's a very fun voice for Kolya. Yeah, that is nice. Um I enjoyed it a lot. I used my eyeballs like a normal person. Um <laughs> I I like I just like it cuz I can listen to it uh audiobooks in the car and drive yes. to work. No, I actually really like audiobooks. I'm I'm just Josh and yeah. He's also but. the the famous character Lord Hood from pa- or from Halo 2 and Halo 3. There's your fact. Thank you for the Jake facts. Yeah, well, that's a Halo fact, not really a Jake fact. But... It's a Jake fact about okay. Halo. And here's another and. Jake fact. You ever play? You ever hear? Uh, you've never played it. Have you ever hear Fallout? <laughs> yes. Have you ever seen the intro to a Fallout game? No. Where the the guy narrates and he's like, "War never changes." That's Ron Perlman, also. In nice. every follow-up game except for four. Hmm. But he's still in four in a, like a cameo. It's just that four. Why didn't he say that pro- line? Because uh, Fallout 4 has a voice protagonist. Oh. And the voice protagonist is the narrator of the intro. Um, also, Fallout 4 sucks. Damn. Uh, and that's pretty much why. But uh, he 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 narrates it. He does a good job. I like him as Kolya. He does like a funny Russian accent. Weirdly, he doesn't do a Russian accent for Lev. He's just like ta- he just talks like fucking Ron Perlman. That's weird. He, he's like, man, suck my dick. And then Kolya's like, why well, you have to be mad, man? Come on. <laughs> it's kind of funny. That's hilarious. But I yeah, if you if you're listening to this and you're wondering if you should listen to the audiobook, I would say yes. It was good. It's not the best audiobook I've ever listened to. Ironically, unironically, not ironically, unironically, the best audiobook I've ever listened to is the League of Legends, uh, uh, what's it called? Ruination audiobook. Wow. Just because it's actually like more of an audio drama than an audio. Oh, do they have music and, and stuff and different voice actors? Music, 
all of the champions from the game are voiced by their in-game voice actors. Wow. And it has its own narrator and stuff. Um, That's it was crazy. pretty good. But uh, yeah, it was a good. It was City of Thieves, good audiobook. And we're back. I hope you enjoyed whatever uh, advertisement that was. Yeah, whatever it was. <laughs> so, um, welcome so, to the spoiler talk. Time. Yes, spoiler time. So, if you haven't read it and plan on reading it, leave and come back. Yes. But if you don't plan on reading it, or if you already had, welcome. Welcome <laughs> to the spoiler section. So all first right. of all, um, let's get to the, the questions that we couldn't answer yet. What was your favorite? Yes. Favorite moment? and least favorite moment. You Would you like to go first with your favorite moment? Um, No, you go first. I got to think a little bit. My favorite moment was probably... The chess match against Abendoff, the mm. big bad German guy, or the cannibal run-in. So you liked the cannibal run-in? Yeah, Why? I thought it was. I thought it was cool. Like, okay, it was. It was suspenseful, and and I liked that. I the whole, I the whole suspense around like, oh, we don't want to go up into his apartment, but Coley is like totally just like, yeah, let's go, let's do it. <laughs> Yes. I like that. I I liked the suspense of it, but I was definitely like disgruntled. I don't know. Cannibals like really freak me out for some reason. I just oh, don't like I, the idea of being also... like chopped up and eaten. Yeah, no, I also think cannibals are gross and freaky, but I don't know. I liked it. It was a very interesting example of like what could happen to um society society yeah that sort of situation i mean it definitely did happen definitely did happen at that point in time in probably that area yes i would say that those moments are good but my Mm -hmm. favorite was um them confronting the one kid with like the chicken and oh, he's just yeah, like, yeah, cool. fine, okay, whatever, you can take the chicken. And then they, like, make the darling soup because the chicken, they decided to name her darling. Um, yeah, they find out that it's a rooster. Oh, yeah, name him darling, yes. And then they cook him up and eat him. And I don't know, they, it, it just, it was very disappointing but it was also halfway through the book, so you know you can like expect that they're not going to have the eggs yet. But yeah, it was less than halfway, it was like a third. Okay, maybe it was pretty early on. I don't remember exactly where it was, but it was it was not near the end of the book, so you know, like okay, they're not they're not getting to where they're going to be just yet. But I think it was a nice moment for them, uh, our two main characters, and like Sonia and a couple other dudes to just share some soup have a nice moment Mm. oh you just reminded me if you like books that have fleshed out female characters (laughs) don't read this book don't read this book yes there's only two fleshed out characters really and they're male uh so yeah everyone else is 
um, pretty much one dimensional. Even like important characters on the side, like there's a they pass the Bechdel test, I think. Yeah, they do. It does pack, pass the Bechdel test. It does it? Yes. What scene? Um, the, the like the cabin girls. Yes. But they talk about men in that scene. They do, but they talk about other things too. I'm pretty sure. I guess we don't really hear them talk until they enter the cabin, though, and then all they talk about is Abendoff and his yes. German boy toys. So I don't think it passes the Bechdel test. I think it does. They talk about something, something besides just that. Mm-hmm. But yes, it is a bit unfortunate that there's like, yeah. I mean, there's one good female lead but you don't really know much about I, her other than you hearing about how much a lev wants to, f- to have sex yes. with her yes which is a bit of children, a women, I was going to say children not children women are very much objectified in this book so if you don't like books that objectify women don't read this one don't read this one we probably should have had that in the content warning well I, I mean we, we said there were sex stuff so, I mean, you know, you... Yeah, that's you fair. Ca- it kind of comes with the territory. Like, if there's going to be some sex stuff, there's probably mm-hmm. going to be some objectification. Just yeah. a little bit. Just a tad. But there's a lot in this one. Um, What's your least favorite part? Least favorite part? It's... I think this is going to be your least favorite part, too. But the girls the in the ending? cabin talking about uh oh the yeah. girl who got the her limbs butchered yeah violently yeah yeah that is that is also mine but i'm also gonna throw in the ending the yes ending upset me. the ending pissed me off yeah the ending hold, of it's supposed to it's supposed to make you mad i can tell yes it is supposed it, to make you mad it still made me mad can it's we just, spoil it i mean it is the, yeah, spoiler, we're in the section. spoiler section kolia getting shot in the ass and, and dying from it. And, and he had just had his mega in. shit. Yes, and then he turns the eggs in and he finds out that the colonel had three dozen more eggs. Yes. So Colia literally died for nothing. For nothing. For yeah. No- the entire book was basically pointless. Yes. Or it wasn't pointless, but it was it was more of a, just a cruel act of malice from a person in power. Yes. Yeah, and I, I would have liked to see a more uplifting ending. Like, at the very least, I think I think it could go one of two ways. If you're going to have an ending that makes you mad, make it so that, you know, I, like, Kolya dies, but, but. like, he, <laughs> but, but Lev is able to bring back the eggs, and everybody's like, oh my god, great job, thank you very much, like, we wouldn't have had I mean, that any is eggs. kind of what happened but they're just yeah like, but yeah, like, already had eggs yes that's 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 really a slap in the face i mean i get what they're trying to go for for that where it's mm-hmm. like you know the the world is very cruel especially whenever you're dealing with like corrupted government and military officials <laughs> but yeah um or we could have just had the nice ending where like you know, Kolya lives and everything's oh. happy. <laughs> yeah. We could have had that. Yeah. Because you are right. It kind of just felt 
pointless, like made the entire book like why? Mm-hmm. It's an interesting journey nonetheless, but it definitely yeah. cheapens it a little bit. And then also like the ending ending of the book, like the epilogue or whatever, fast forwards a few years to like, you know, Lev being a publisher for like a newspaper or something. And then like, what's her name? Is it Vika? Vika. Yeah. She ends up visiting him and she's like, I want to make some omelets. No, <laughs> and he it's asked like, if she wants to make omelets. Oh, okay. And then well, she says that she doesn't cook. Which is like the the whole the opening narration of the book is David Benioff talking about his grandma who doesn't cook, so it's like oh it reveals yes. that she's his grandma. Yes. <laughs> but it also feels bad. <laughs> yeah, it does it, feel bad. In light of you know being like oh yeah sorry we already have three dozen eggs and then it ending with a want to make some omelets like it was a cute oh. ending. I don't know. I didn't like it. <laughs> mm-hmm. It definitely doesn't make my like experience worse. I was expecting Vika but... to just like never come back. Yeah, fair enough. Just be like, oh yeah, she fucking died. But yes. yeah, she came back. So that was like fine. Yes. That's at least good. But still. It's it's an odd It's an odd narrative choice. Mm -hmm. It does feel a bit like. um, And and maybe you have a different opinion on this. It does feel a bit like. He just like David Benioff did not know what to do with the ending. And just this was what he decided to do. Because it up until that point, I think the book is a little bit like of a slower pace. It kind of meanders a bit, but it like it feels right since it's a journey, you know, but the last like. The last part of the story just goes by so quickly. It does kind of, yeah. And not in like a good way. It's just kind of like bam, 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 quick succession. Like, oh, we're going to have, you know, the final battle with the Nazis and then bam, Kolya dies and then bam we're at that epilogue it's like it it all happens in I think the span of like 20 pages Uh, yeah it definitely felt like it and it's like I don't know it just felt sort of out of place and like he wasn't prepared to end it Mm -hmm. and just like picked something random like well it's got to finish somehow and this is all I can come up with yeah no I, I can agree with that the ending was kind of a bummer like not as good as the rest of the book. Yes. And it, it maybe not not as good. It just like doesn't it doesn't fit super well. I don't think uh-huh. it does and it doesn't like I think the themes it's are sort of on to point hear, to see that David Benioff was rushing finales over a decade yes. before it happened. Yes, I think so. I think he uh, just he can't stick the landing for the endings. Mm hmm. Maybe they're not his thing. Although I will say I have written one book. Okay, I've written one book. It's not published. Probably won't ever be. But it was definitely very, very difficult to come up with an ending. 
So I will give some credit, like if you have, especially for like a long running series or a large novel or whatever. Uh If you are making an ending and if everybody's liked what you've had so far, it's really hard to come up with something that's like fitting of that. So I can at least like, you know, I, I can give some props to him, but still, it does. It does feel a bit rushed. There's my critique. At least we didn't have weird fucked up uh, CGI. <laughs> no, CGI Professor oh, yeah, X that too. at the end of the book, like we did in the end of X-Men Origins Wolverine. Which yeah. I'm going to post a picture of, so you have to look at it. Okay, I'll look at it. Oh, good lord. Yeah, at the end of the movie. He's so airbrushed. And then they're like... He's like, he like rolls out the wheelchair and he's like, no, I'm Charles Xavier. And then he looks like that. He looks like he's made of silicone. (laughs) He does. He really does. (laughs) Like, he doesn't even look CG. He just looks like an animatronic. Mm Mm-hmm. I thought you were talking about Kafka, though. You're going to be like, yeah, at least we don't have incest in this one. That's true. At least we don't have incest. (laughs) Although, we do hear Lev kind of like inselling it up. Yes. Why why does he get all the the women and I get to just (laughs) sit here with my dick in my hand? (laughs) But I don't know. I liked it. Um, What was the one more question? Was Was it it worth worth it? it? Yeah. Was it worth it? Um, Was it? I would say it wasn't not worth it. Yeah, I agree. Is that that Um, a good response? (laughs) There isn't anything in the book that I necessarily would say is worth, is not worth reading, I guess. Yes. If you are a fan of The Last of Us and you want to see the book that inspired it, then it is definitely worth reading. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I would also recommend it to anyone who just likes reading historical fiction about World War II. Yes. Um, a lot of the times, I would and say... And if you hate women. Oh, yeah, and if you hate women. If you're an incel, you might like it. You might enjoy this. But um, I, I would say that a lot of the World War II fiction that I've read focuses almost entirely on like the Western Front. And there's no, like barely anything or nothing about the Eastern Front. Uh-oh. And so I think this was like a a informative look into how that went. Obviously, like I've I've taken quite a few classes on like World War Two history. So I know that like conditions were super, super bad on the Eastern Front for soldiers yeah. and for civilians. It was not a good time because one of the biggest problems was like resources, resource management. And this definitely like exemplifies those problems and how severe they were as like a civilian problem. And I do appreciate that being covered in a novel. Um, Jake Fax song. Yes. I don't remember the song. This is make him a different song every time. <laughs> yes. Not to get political or anything. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we're we're already like 
towing the political lines anyway, <laughs> yeah. so it's it's fine. Uh, don't worry. Like six episodes into this book club, we're gonna be fucking covering uh, the the fucking Marxist literature of yesterday. I mean, we were going to tackle that for literally the first episode. <laughs> That's true, we were, we were literally going to. <laughs> we were literally going to be like, yeah, this is our this is our uh, experience of communist uh, revolution. <laughs> it was too depressing to listen to. Yes. We didn't finish it, but maybe I will in the future. Maybe we'll cover it in the future. Maybe we will. We can always return when we're um, less depressed, question mark. Yeah. Although it was very interesting what I did stick around for. I got like halfway through. But it just kept getting worse. I was like expecting like, you know, some kind of small victories. And it's like, no, there's just bad shit after bad shit happening to these people. Mm -hmm. But anyway. Yes, just like real life. Anyway, yes. um, It was a good book. It wasn't yeah. anything that I like absolutely needed to read. Uh-huh. But it was it, like a seven. Yes. I would say I a seven is fair. Was, I don't think it was a six, but I don't think it was an eight. Yes. I I can agree with that. Some some of the parts I will say, like <laughs> the writing was really good. Like some mm-hmm. of the descriptions of things. Mm-hmm. It, it was good. Like it was it was um very detailed yeah, the prose. The girl getting her limbs sawed off was definitely detailed enough. Well, I don't. I don't mean that. <laughs> yeah. I mean like most of the time, describing like the landscape uh-huh. and the desolation, and you know the cold like biting into them and stuff. Though that was yeah. like the description where you know the prose was really good, and I appreciated yeah. that. I agree. But there's way too much women hating and women objectification. Not even women hating, just the objectification and whatever. Close enough. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's get on to where's the where's the the spreadsheet? Where, where do we have it in the? Server? Oh God, I have no idea. Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> God damn it. I, I think I sent it to you, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, we sent that about the last thing. <laughs> well, no I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure I sent that to you, too. Right, it's going in important. I'm making a text panel book book club to read list. Here, right, I'll get, it's, it's, I'll get it's the document. My, it's in my Google Sheets. Fan yes. book club. I'll, I'll pull it up, and I'll put it in there. Okay, so our next book that we are reading is Orconomics. Okay, no drama. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't know we were going for dramatic. Orconomics, a satire by J. Zachary Pike. I've heard good things about it. I've heard it's funny. I've heard nothing about it other than what you've told me. But I like fantasy fiction. Yes. (laughs) And I like humor. I, I figured that um, we needed something more lighthearted uh-huh. because, like, the past uh, technically three books that we've read, 
even though our listeners have only seen two of them. Um, they've been depressing. So it was like, okay, it's time for some funny. It's time for something in in both of our comfort zone. Yes. And, uh, you know, we 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 just need to branch out a little bit. Indeed. I hope it's actually as funny as people say it is, because I'm going to be really, really sad if it's not. Yeah. Um, Should we do a blurb about it? Oh, I don't even don't know even what know we blurb. What we, yeah, I was gonna say I don't know what we fucking blurb because <laughs> I know um, nothing we, about it. Um, I don't it know is... if you've seen the the updated list of future future books to potentially read. Um, that I updated. I haven't last the last few weeks. I I threw in a couple of things. Um, I agree with the lightning thief so much. Yeah, Michael mentioned they wanted to read The Lightning Thief. Um, and so I figured Sergio had some things he wanted to as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I like how you wrote <laughs> the Huner O3. Did I? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I didn't see that. The Huner. I threw a Metro. 2033 i mentioned that to you right yes the the, the um city of thieves reminded me of that if you it's a if long one read or listened to metro or played the game city of thieves reminds me of it so if you like metro you might like it metro is a lot less sexist though so yeah it's got that going for it you added all the light we cannot see correct yes i don't remember having that one okay yes that was me um i've read it before it's it's more world war ii historical fiction cool uh but it's really good <laughs> cool i it's... threw in uh, oh go ahead go ahead i threw in watchmen by alan moore mm. it was a, um comic book so it's gonna be a little bit different I don't know if you've ever read comics before in any extensive matter. You read yes. manga though. It's you know. Well, I've read I've read comics too. Mm-hmm. I've read uh, The Walking Dead. Not a lot of it, oh. but I've read some of it's, it. It's all right. The ending was kind of weird. Hmm. Um, I don't think I'll ever get there. Yeah, you won't. It's like 150 issues. <laughs> I have the first omnibus though. Nice. Watchmen, 12 issues. Doable. Um, it is a like very important comic book in the history of the comic scape. It's very good. It has a pretty uh, all right movie. Okay. Like, it's by Zack Schneider of the Schneider the the the, Ju- the Justice League fame. Directed Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, those movies. He directed the Watchmen movie before those. And he did an alright job. It's like if you took away all the like introspective, interesting parts of Watchmen and turned it into like an action movie. Well, damn. But I don't that's not necessarily a bad thing, because it's an entertaining action movie. Fair enough. But I don't know. It's good. So that's on the list. What the, yeah. the list we have, I don't know if this is the order we're going to be listening to these. We can kind of determine what we want to do in what order. 
Yeah, I think um, we should just go in a random order, <laughs> to be honest. That's fair. Because, like, there's two Warhammer books on there. Mm-hmm. Um, written by the same guy, and they're both, like, 40K novels. We don't need to read those in a row, you know? No. Like, it, they're very different, but even, like, besides that, I did a really mm-hmm. bad job of explaining the genre. But first and only is, like, a war novel, kind okay. of. And Xenos is like more like a, uh, um, like a mystery novel. And they're hmm. both 40k novels. I also had a fantasy Warhammer novel I wanted to add that I forgot to. I think I brought it up to you before, but here I'm gonna add a Game of Thrones, real quick. Oh, never mind. Oh, you got it. Okay, you got it. I am. So I did add um, Blood Meridian because we mm-hmm. mentioned we talked about that. Yes. So maybe after Orconomics we can do Blood Meridian. That sounds like a good idea. Um, it it's different. I'd like to try and vary our genres a bit. I feel like we can't uh, jump into like Metro or All the Light We Cannot See because they're too similar to books that we've done like right now. You feel me? Yeah, I agree. So I think I think Blood Meridian is a good choice for our next one. That's fair. So yeah, next one's gonna be Orconomics after that. Blood yes. Meridian. Yes. May that, is Orconomics. June is Blood Meridian. July Watchmen. Yeah, we could do that. Also, Sergio wanted to read the Knights of the Old Republic Star Wars comic, so I threw that on there. Okay. Um, and also he was the one that wanted to do the Xenos Warhammer book because we both started the audiobook together and then we didn't finish it um, when we were on our first drive to Texas, I think. Didn't we also at one point want to do like the Obi-Wan book? I don't remember. I think we did for the podcast as a whole, but then we just like never did anything about it. Oh yeah. I think you guys wanted to do like Obi-Wan the book versus Obi-Wan the show, but the show wasn't really like, like impactful enough in my opinion for it to matter. I guess not, but we could read it. That's true. We could, um, but we already have a star Wars thing and three Warhammer things on there. So maybe we should, uh, we should find more varied things. Ooh, more diverse. We My could friend... do Wheel of Time, or we could do one that I already own, which is, what? um, what is it called? Let me go grab it. It's by not the Wheel of Time guy, but the guy who started writing Wheel of Time after him, Brandon Sanderson, uh, The Way of Kings. What is The Way of Kings? It's, it's by the guy who picked up Wheel of Time after the original guy died and then like this author just continued writing fantasy novels interesting and it's part of like i do both a a, i i think uh maybe there's more but i have the first three of them but it's really long it's 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 a heckin chonker it's like over a thousand pages it's a heckin chonker jesus yes interesting um yeah i'd be down to but that'd be a big commitment so we'd have to yes you know 
it would also be cool to do Dune. Yes, because I've tr- also a huge commitment. So yes, I've, I've tried oh, to guess- read Dune twice and couldn't finish it. I also got the audiobook and then realized that it was um, so long, like <laughs> twenty four hours long, and then I was like, "Yeah, yes." I'm now discovering that the first a wheel of time, the wheel of time novel is twenty nine hours and fifty seven minutes. Wow. Um. Discworld also is something I'd be interested in reading. Oh yes, we were gonna do Discworld. Pratchett, correct? Yes. I think it's Terry Pratchett. Yeah, I think it's Terry Pratchett. The first one what? is the Color of Magic. The Color of Magic, you said. Uh, yes, a Color of Magic or the Color of Magic, one of the two. Song of Ice and Fire. But Wait, should one... we wrap it up instead of just like talking about what we're gonna read? <laughs> I mean, yeah, but. That's you know just it's good to tell the that's true fans what we're uh, planning also, on reading I suppose if they want to actually talk to us for once you can request us to read something as long as it's not terrible oh that's so true because I don't want people being like you need to read I don't know what's an example of a bad book I can't even think of one you need to read Twilight. Or like you need to read uh fifty shades of gray. No, we're not doing that. Yeah. We'll only read bad fanfics. We won't read bad actual books. Cause even Kafka on the Shore was not a bad book. We just didn't like it. Yeah, but we even still like kind of recommended it. Yes. That's why I say it's not a bad book. We just didn't personally like it. Book one of Game of Thrones is 33 hours. Oh my god. 46 men. I'm I'm pretty sure The Way of Kings is going to be longer than both of those. Let's the one we've said that's really long. Let's find out. The Way of Kings. Brandon Sanderson, The Way of Kings. 45 hours and 30 minutes. Oh my god. <laughs> that's going to be like two months. Maybe three. I mean, I could get it done in a in a month, probably, if I tried you'd, hard enough. Yeah, you would have to be pretty on I've top started, of it. Starting with City of Thieves, I've started listening at 1.2 times speed. So that will get That's cut good. down by 20%. I'm a beast, and I will listen at 1.75. <laughs> I've never done that for anything besides audiobooks. Like, I know people like to watch, like, anime or, like... Uh, I watch almost TV all of my YouTube videos at 1.5 or higher. Why? That's so evil. Because <laughs> I, I just can't do it. I can't... Like, if I see a video that's, like, an hour and a half, I'm intimidated. Like, it's I too long. I put those on to go to bed, pretty much. Or I, uh... Put them on to, like and watch them in like chunks like if there's like an hour long like Elden Ring video I'll put it on and watch it in chunks Mm. see I will put it on while I'm cleaning normally if it's like something that's not visual but I'll still listen to it really fucking fast so I can get through many of them like you know I want to watch like three hour long videos while I'm cleaning not just one (laughs) uh huh 
Because God forbid, the one isn't enough. I'm a psychopath. That's all you need to know. I'm a psychopath. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I got nothing else to add, so I think I'm good. we're good to cut it here. This is going to be like an hour 15-ish episode, which is shorter than the Kafka episode. Yes. I think there long. was just less to say because it was a pretty straightforward book, and we both yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah, it, it wasn't controversial. It wasn't like crazy. It was just like a, a decent read. Yes, it, it was and a nice palate cleanser. After, yeah, after Kafka, I'm <laughs> so okay with that. Me too. But hopefully, yeah. Orkonomics will be an even more palate cleanser because we won't be super depressed and disturbed. Uh huh. Less character shitting, also, I would assume. I hope so. You yeah. never know. With satire, you never know. That's true. But yeah, that's all we got. Um, yes. Do we love them? I'm ambivalent. You're ambivalent. Okay. Well, I love them. True. I hope me playing with this bottle of Axe body spray just picked up on my microphone. So It did. At least to me. Yeah. 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 Sergio's going to have an aneurysm. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, Sergio. All right. Bye. <laughs> End the episode. <laughs>